River Rock has been a leader of the cannabis community since 2009. What stood out to me mostly was definitely the quality of their product and the knowledge of their product. The way that they treat each individual person always with respect and they try to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That was Michelle. She's been a medical patient at River Rock for seven years now. Like she mentioned, the employees at River Rock always have their recreational and medical customers in mind, especially with pricing and two convenient locations both open until 10 p.m. River Rock's quality with their prices is pretty much unmatched. River Rock caters to their medical customers by providing exclusive benefits when they become a member, including $100 in-store credit, 25% off all full-priced items, and so much more. The sign-over benefits have been great for me personally, especially since I live on a limited budget. The sign-over benefits have helped me to get medication that I normally wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Find out more about the sign-over benefits and why people like Michelle have stayed with River Rock for this long at riverrockcolorado.com. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. And don't take our word for Elixinol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that is one of just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase will go to a non-profit of your choice when you visit Elixinol.com to get yours today. All right, Zach, well, you're all excited about dropping something on me here at the beginning of the podcast so i'm just gonna let you go yeah ryan it's a fantastic day it's a thursday essentially a friday you're heading off to the hills after this it is it feels great and uh, there's some news some little thing that that i uncovered with some help and how about this you're all in on ab right love him i mean you, you you bring him with all of his baggage right oh yeah him and he's got some baggage on the side in the bank too, $22 million cap hit. You know what we haven't thought about? What haven't we thought about? Pittsburgh's going to be taking some of that cap hit. Ooh. So you I'm get even more in. You get Antonio Brown, who you're all in already, for about fifteen million dollars a cap hit. On top of that, you get the ten million dollars of Emmanuel Sanders saving. A B costs you five million. I mean, this was already a no brainer for me for ten million. Now it's half the price. We're getting a discount, half off. Yep, half off. You know, one thing, and I'm, I'm almost ready to proclaim it smokescreen season. Um, <laughs> I saw, I was watching ESPN yesterday, and they had one of their guys on there, and I, I just know that someone in the Pittsburgh front office like asked him to say this because all of a sudden, <laughs> after it being like, oh, they're not going to get a first, they're not going to get a first, they're not going to get a first. He was like, yeah, I think they're going to get a first, uh, probably a late first, <laughs> and I could see it for sure. And then like he realized how stupid what he because then he was like, well, 
you know, a team that would be picking in the late first already probably feels pretty good about themselves. They probably wouldn't want to take a risk on his baggage. And I was like, you just said that because someone told you to. So they want the first round buzz to be out there. They're not getting a first. They may not even get a second, a top second, because what was it one month ago when Ian Rappaport said the value for him is a second round pick? Well, what's happened since then? He's gone absolutely berserk on Twitter. I mean, he he has made himself look crazy. So that's a ding to him. It's obviously a ding to to anyone wanting to trade with the Steelers. And then what happens this week? He meets with the owner of the Steelers, and they both decide, yep, we're going to trade you. They make it public. Both sides make it public that they're going to trade him. How you, your Your value doesn't stay the same when all of that happens. So... Yeah, it's not going to go up to a first. Maybe it is a second. But I could see it slipping. I could absolutely see it slipping, too. The problem is, I think, if I were to guess, I would say at least 10 teams are interested, at the least. And it's going to be hard if 10 teams offer a third. One team is going to budge and say, fine, we'll give a second to get above the pack. It's just like the Padres saying, fine, we'll just give Manny Machado 10 years, $300 million, like every idiotic baseball team has done with overpaid stars for the last 10 years the thing that everyone was trying to get away with or get away from we'll just do it because we want him I think eventually some team will say you know what we'll just bump it up because we want him it won't be a first though because imagine if if Antonio Brown the player we know he is right now was coming into the draft this year he wouldn't be a first round pick even knowing how good he is because Everyone would be saying, oh, the off-the-field stuff, the off-the-field stuff, the off-the-field stuff. It would knock him into the second round. You know, when has a guy with that much baggage gone in the first round? It's pretty rare. And I couldn't get an exact – a lot of uh, a lot of those people have been linking Antonio Brown to the San Francisco 49ers. That's, that's been a hot trade destination for him. A lot of people think it's going to happen. How about this quote from Kyle Shanahan? I don't know exactly when it was, but he said – if you want to bring in someone real talented when you're trying to change something who doesn't have the right attitude, as soon as you lose a couple games in a row, that person's going to make it very hard. Oh, like Aqib Tlaib. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Uh, and Antonio Brown and OBJ. So maybe it's not as obvious who the teams are that won him, but I agree with you. I mean, there's probably double-digit teams that would give up a second rounder in a heartbeat. I think so. I I don't know. Or a third rounder, I should say, in a heartbeat. I think it'd be a second. Like, why would you not? It seems so obvious to me that you would just take a chance on this guy because you have a chance to get the best receiver. What what could be the best receiver in the NFL? Now, uh, I know someone. Uh, maybe we'll just save it for the questions because I know someone said something and I have a perfect rebuttal for it. But anyways, um, I thought you were gonna say that with some digging and some discovery, you discovered what I discovered yesterday. Oh, tell me that. As it relates to Antonio Brown. So, remember how he was calling himself Mr. Big Chest, and I was like, <laughs> it should be Mr. Big Check? <laughs> yep. That is what he said. Everyone misconstrued it. I listened to it like a hundred times. No way. He that's... said Mr. Big Checks. Wow. And everyone just thought, because this was on his IG live he was, when like, he was working out. was like shirtless, and yeah, he was working out. People thought he was saying Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> Of course it would be Mr. Big Check. Yeah. Because I it, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, well, if this was Derek Wolf, I guess I could see that, you know, you're always puffing out the chest and uh, a linebacker, but a small, shifty, fast receiver? Yeah, exactly. So, now I love the nickname, Big Check Brown. <laughs> like that's awesome. Wow. I'm all in on that. So, anyways, but no more AB. 
No, Big Check Brown. <laughs> That's his name, legally. What can Brown do for you? A lot. <laughs> he can take your offense from trash to amazing. At a good price point? A better price point. At a better... 15 million? <laughs> are you kidding me? Yep. And you you just wash away Emmanuel Sanders' 10 million. And like I said, on the skill to diva ratio, mm. Emmanuel is a 7 skill, 7 diva. AB a- is just a 10 skill, 10 diva. You keep the ratio the same. So you know what takes it over the edge? One is coming off potentially a devastating injury at 31 years old. The other is, what is he, 29, Antonio? Not coming off any injury. It seems so easy to me. It really does. And John always seems like the type of guy who would make a move like this. Yes, absolutely. But why? The, I haven't heard the Broncos really in the mix. I've when you hear national – well, remember, the, the OG report from Ian Rappaport had the Broncos as the one team he <laughs> That's named. That's true. Ever since then, it's kind of been cooled down. So, I don't know. I mean – you don't want to show too much interest. It's true. Then that price goes up. Right. And like, Pittsburgh knows. Right. You don't yeah, want to text cool. the girl until two days <laughs> yeah. after the day. Is it two or three days? Yeah, we'll go with three. That's what John's doing. He, he's, he's pushing going, it one more week. Yeah, we'll find out at the Combine. Yep. Um, it always seems to bubble up at the Combine because, you know, John always sits down with the Steelers GM. They have a few cold snacks. And John's like, you know what? F it. I'll give you a second round pick today. <laughs> That's, I mean... Sua Craven's news, it came out then, then didn't become official for two or three more weeks after that. Maybe we'll hear a little leak that this is happening, even if it doesn't go down. Broncos should just have like seven trades lined up before the <laughs> the, the dead, or before the league year oh, starts. Oh, man. And then free agency is nothing. Like, they've got Case Keenum on the block. He's traded. Emmanuel Sanders, they're trading him. Man. They're getting A.B. And then, like, it just hits, and, and we're off to the races. I would be... Very okay with that. Yeah, me too. Just hit hit the ground running. All right, Ryan, that's that's the good news. You want some bad news? Not Antonio Brown. I'm not going to take you off your high horse on this great Thursday, Friday edition. Right, I just saved $5 million. So, <laughs> so are you going to be able to handle this news then? I think I'll be all right. So since the Broncos acquired Joe Flacco, we've been saying uh, he he's a, at least a slight improvement. And from... After Don't come that, at me with some statistical garbage. I'm coming after you with some some statistical garbage. Okay. And and what's been said? It's he's at least a slide upgrade, and he has a deep ball. 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 He's the threat of the deep ball. I don't know how much of a threat that is anymore. In 2012, when Joe Flacco beat the Broncos, was Super Bowl MVP, won the Super Bowl, second best deep deep passer, uh, a pass rating of 123 on the deep ball. Since then, he's been in the top 10 once. That was two years later in 2014. Outside of that, Ryan, five other years, he's been in the bottom three in the league. Uh, On what? Percentage completed? On passer rating deep balls. Okay. Passer rating on the deep ball. I'll tell you why. Because they throw the heck out of it. And they go into the game saying, we're going to throw it deep five times. We only need Joe to hit one. Two's a bonus. Three's an amazing game. I've gone over this before. They 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 want to throw it. Not to mention his offense it just keeps getting worse and worse. I mean, his deep threat this year was John Brown, like a solid deep threat, a solid player. But back then he was he had Ray Rice flanking him in the backfield. He had you know uh, Anquan Bolden out there. Like he's he. I get what you're saying, but remember, my whole thing is not about completing the deep ball. It's about the threat of the deep ball. 
And teams continue, and, and I checked. I watched some film myself. I double-checked with Andre. And I said, Andre, do teams still honor Joe Flacco's deep ball? Are teams bringing eight in the box and saying, we'll, leave, we'll bring the safeties up. There, Joe Flacco's not going to be as deep. No one is doing that. Now, things could change next year, and teams could say, we'll dare him, we'll dare him to beat us deep. They aren't doing it now. They didn't do it last year. And so for me, the deep ball is great. Hitting it is great. And if you get Antonio Brown, I guarantee you're going to hit some. You don't have to hit it. Just like I said, Nikola Jokic just has to shoot three so the defense thinks we got to go defend him on the perimeter. Then he cuts inside, he makes beats him on the pump fake, and the whole offense opens up. Joe Flacco just has to continue to make teams think he can hit that throw. By the end of last year, teams were saying Case Keenum cannot hit this throw. He's un- he's incapable of it. Until he hits one, we're not going to honor it. So for Flacco, I know, I've seen all the stats. I know the stats uh, aren't don't suggest that he is you know some great deep ball thrower and they don't suggest that he's even an upgrade from case keenum if you look at certain stats i know from what i watch the defense plays him differently than they play case keenum and i think that's the most important thing i mean but but here's the thing is who who were the who was the ravens running back name me a great ravens running back ray rice i mean okay so we're going back to uh the the super bowl era uh-huh. right around them when joe flacco was was doing well on the deep balls uh second best in the league then two years later 10th best in the league right before that middle of the pack for a few years and that's what he was until four or five years ago alex collins i mean come on that's that's not a threat at all philip Lindsay, while you know he's he's young like alex collins I, th- there's a threat there so teams probably said, yeah, okay, we don't need to load the box to play the Ravens. We, we don't have to because we can stop this guy just with, you know, our seven, six guys in the box. Philip Lindsay, it was if you take him out of the game, you win. You win. You, you completely win. Case Keenum can throw the ball 50 yards just like Joe Flacco. They can both throw the ball deep. And I agree. They do play Joe, Case Joe Flacco just differently. fades like a drive off the tee and <laughs> ends up out of bounds. But here's the thing is he's been bad for four years in a row. Shame on defensive coordinators if they're not going to change that. If they're not going to approach Joe Flacco differently, shame on that. And I maybe I have too much trust in defensive coordinators. If I see this and I see that even if they are throwing it eight times and, and hitting two, that doesn't scare me. That so, doesn't scare me. I'm not going. I, I'm go, I'm going to play the Case Keenum effect, and I'm going to play up. You'll get burned. Will you? Because this what so far it hasn't. What you're looking at, you're looking at this the opposite way. If you ask the defensive coordinator why are you playing Joe Flacco deep and why has Joe Flacco not had success throwing the deep ball, it's because de- defensive coordinators want to take it away because they think that's Baltimore's best way of winning a game. So they're playing the safeties back and saying, we're not going to let Joe Flacco beat us with the deep ball. It's the opposite of what teams were doing to the Broncos at the end of the season, which is we're not going to let Phillip Lindsay beat us. We know Case Keenum can't beat us with the deep ball, so we'll play up. Defensive coordinators are doing the opposite thing to the Ravens because instead of Phillip Lindsay being their best key to winning the game, Joe Flacco completing deep balls is their best way to winning the game, so they're taking that away. I think clearly, though, that hasn't been their best way of winning is throwing the deep ball because it's not just like this is a one-year sample or four-game sample from last year. They're saying there is no Philip Lindsay, so we don't have – there's no threat uh, of them beating us on the ground, destroying us on the ground, so we're going to play deep and just, you know, yeah, we know Joe can hit these – he hasn't been very good at it, but you know what? The Ravens' running game hasn't been very dominant either, so we're going we're gonna to allow them to run the ball. If Phillip Lindsay's here, then you say, okay, we're focusing on him, 
And 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 that's an interesting question. What week one? What are defensive coordinators focusing on on the Broncos this year before they see anything? Are they putting those two safeties deep, or are they bringing them up and playing the Broncos just the way they played them at the end of last year and completely shut them down? Who do they? Well, we don't know who they play week one. I think it'll depend on who they who they have. Um, I just I think there is a response to anything. And we're not going to really know until we see Joe Flacco play a game. Is it that he's not throwing the deep ball well? And when I watch Joe Flacco, I see a quarterback who makes throws that Case Keenum couldn't, couldn't dream of making last year. Down the field, um, deep posts, all these throws that he puts on the money. Deep seams. He, I've seen multiple different plays where he threw a deep seam that I just – I've never saw I saw Case Keenum throw I think three interceptions trying to throw the deep seam last year. So what Joe what what Rich Gangarello loved so much about Joe Flacco is he can make you when you hear about a guy making all the throws sometimes that gets thrown around. I don't think Case Keenum can make all the throws, but Emmanuel Sanders told us last year that he could. Rich Gangarello loved Joe Flacco because he wants an aerial attack. And he wants the entire tree that's down the field to be available to him. And, and he thinks Joe Flacco can give that to him. We'll see. Maybe some teams say that we're going to stack the box and make Joe Flacco beat us, and he can't do it. And if that happens, the Broncos are in big, big trouble. Because <laughs> the entire reason they brought in Joe Flacco is to say, we're going to make defenses honor Joe Flacco's arm. And if that doesn't work for the Broncos and they don't have to honor Joe Flacco's arm, you're going to get exactly what you saw last year. You're going to get a 6-10 team who doesn't score enough and is one-dimensional. But I think teams, the reason Joe Flacco is not great on deep balls is one, they throw a lot of them knowing that they're just trying to kind of hit the lottery. And two, because defenses want to take it away from him. When they go into a game, they know that's their biggest threat on offense. And so they take it away from them. That maybe makes it really hard. Even Philip Lindsay, you know, the, the native son, when teams decided he's the only way the Broncos could beat him, had a really hard time. And that was my point, what was the first thing that you said. And, and just really saying that I'd, I'm not – I believe that Joe Flacco is a better deep ball thrower than Case Keenum, and he does present more of a threat, like you're saying. But I'm just I'm shining light on this and the fact that to not scare Broncos fans, but things could go sideways quick with just with this Joe Flacco experiment. Four weeks into the season, if it's more of the same, where he's not hitting on the deep ball and he's lost it, and people aren't wondering anymore why the last great season he had was seven years ago, then defenses are going to treat him just like Case Keenum, and things are going to go off the rails so, so fast. But he's still an upgrade. He's still an upgrade, Ryan, and it's still a good move. I just think it I, – I noticed this, and I thought, wow, this, this could go sideways quick. It could, again – I think you have to trust that the Broncos aren't just looking at stats on a page and saying, well, he was really good at throwing the deep ball in 2012. So what have they been looking at the past four years then? The tape, not the stats. And what? what what's the tape showing? The tape is showing that defenses have to, have to uh, respect Joe Flacco's deep ball, so they're keeping their safeties back. So that's what the Broncos cared about in this trade, not about the record or you know how many touchdowns, interceptions. I mean, I know that's stats right there, but... They don't care. They just care how the interceptions look, how the touchdowns look. 
what the record is. That's what they should care about. They shouldn't care, but they should care about. They shouldn't care about the record. I mean, of course, wins and losses matter, but what you should value, evaluate is the player when you watch the player on tape. Because if you evaluate Drew Locke on wins and losses, you're going to end up coming away unimpressed. Well, that's college, though. We went. We we talked about that yesterday. How you can't do that with college players. We're okay. talking about NFL right now. So you have to just watch. I think the only way you should evaluate a player is by watching the tape. You shouldn't even look at the scoreboard. Because the scoreboard mm. can be misleading. Mm. You think Tom Brady wasn't very good this year if you just watched him on tape. He was good at the end of games. Exactly. He got done at the end of games. But if you're not watching the scoreboard, you know when the end of game is. But you know. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Situational football is important. But you can't blame a guy if he goes and has a perfect game. Remember when Deshaun Watson threw for like 450 yards and six touchdowns but Russell Wilson beat him on the last play? Like, you can't look and say, oh, well, that's a loss for Deshaun Watson. You look at that and say, that dude just put amazing tape. So, everything matters in, in a sense. Most important thing is you watch the film and you say, does this guy succeed on our offense? How is the defense playing him? And the, de- and, and the tape shows whether he completes it or not, the defense is afraid of it. And so, they aren't comfortable bringing their safeties down in the box. Now, for, for Joe Flacco to be successful, he still needs a lot of help. He needs a running back to go out there and have a really good season. He needs, you know, a tight end who can make plays in the middle of the field. He needs a deep threat. There are pieces that he needs. But what I know is that when teams go into a game, they do not say, Joe Flacco can't beat us with his arm, so just stop the run. They'll be one-dimensional. He's going to end up throwing it 40 times, and they're going to lose. That's not the way teams approach him. And that, to me, was the number one most important thing for the Broncos when they wanted to upgrade from Case Keenum to Joe Flacco. That was the number one most important thing, was just a threat of a deep ball. Was the way the defense plays him. Which, it, which what you're saying, though, is the threat of a deep ball. Essentially, it's, it's just it's bigger than that, though. It's the way the defense plays him. They know they have to cover every, the entire field, and so they can't try and make they, – they don't feel comfortable trying to make you one-dimensional. Unless the the one dimension is the running game, and they they think they can force you into running it, and you won't have success the same way like the Broncos approached the Rams and the Chiefs last year. Here's the thing, then, if that's the case, if that was their number one reason for acquiring Joe Flacco, not the stats, not anything else, just that he can make every throw is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are drafting a quarterback in the first round this year. They're going to trade up to get one because. We know Drew Locke can make every throw. We know Dwayne Haskins can can make every throw. And we know Kyler Murray can make every single throw. So if that's what the Broncos care about, and I know it was just a fourth-round pick and $18 million, but if you were so excited about Joe Flacco being able to do that, that you're drafting a quarterback this year. You are, absolutely. And this is a great quarterback class in the eyes of the Broncos. Or top three. Or, or you're so confident in Joe Flacco and his ability to run the offense that you're going to install, which is the best offense he's ever played in, then you say we don't need a quarterback, and he's good enough to win a Super Bowl in this system. I don't like it. You know why I don't like it? Why? It just reminds me of Paxton and Brock. You know, big, strong arm, could make every throw on the field, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it's the same mold. I mean, no wonder they acquired Joe Flacco. It's the mold that John always had. Yeah, uh, Osweiler was six eight, Paxton was six seven, Flacco's six six. He's working his way down. Maybe by like twenty thirty five, they'll get Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, in the next lifetime. All I know is why the Broncos acquired him. 
And sure, do they do they love the fact that he won a Super Bowl MVP and has won a Super Bowl? Yeah, because no one can say he's never done it. Uh, do they love the fact that he has 10 playoff wins, as many as the entire Kansas City Chiefs franchise? Yeah, I'm sure they like that too. But when it comes down to it, what they liked was that was that they you cannot commit to forcing Joe Flacco to throw the ball or he would beat you. And it's not that he only has the deep ball. Remember what he did to the Broncos? He picked them. He did the exact same, the same thing that uh, Derek Carr did the week before to a slightly lesser degree on the completion percentage. But all game long, he was just throwing darts to the sideline where the Broncos were not honoring him. They were afraid of him deep, so they took the underneath, and he killed them. Yeah. Yeah, that game where he killed him, one touchdown, zero interceptions, 277 yards, 62% completion. Did you watch the game? I'm just, I'm just telling you, if that's like the ideal game, if that's the ceiling, and what the past four or five years would tell you is that is about as good as you're going to get. He gave you – he took what the defense was giving him. The defense did not – the Broncos, exactly like I was just talking about, the Broncos did not want him to beat them deep. And so he took what they were giving him, and he beat him underneath. I'm just saying that's that's what you should expect as maybe not a full ceiling, but a realistic great game from Joe Flacco. Yeah, I mean that's what he does. It's not like he throws forty intercept or forty touchdowns, you know, twenty interceptions and four thousand yards every year. No, he's just very good at taking what the defense gives him, hitting one or two big plays a game opening up the field and support and not making bad decisions. Yep. I mean, I've I mean, never there, made the case are, of anything else. Yeah, no, I mean, there are, there are bad decisions too, though. It's not, not like quarterback makes bad decisions. Uh, but okay, he makes a lot. How many? I mean, the past, what, four the years? the most interceptions he's thrown in a season? 22. He had 19 touchdowns to 22 interceptions. What year was that? That's uh, That was, I believe, 2012. Uh, no, 2013, the year after. Okay. The year after the Super Bowl. Uh, since it's 13, 15, 12, 12. See, so he'll make a bad decision once in a while. It's going to happen. It happens with any quarterback who's not elite, and he's not elite. How many did Case have last year? Was it 15. Was it 15? 18 that, touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That was second most in the league. So when we're talking, I mean, he had 15 two years ago, but 13. He's going to throw 20 and 12, 24 and 14. Yep. He's going to give you close to two to one, nothing crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what were his stats in 2014? In 2014, he was 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, by far his best statistical season. So that's what the Broncos are hoping for. Something that's in the Gary that Kubiak range, in the Gary Kubiak offense, where they make it pretty simple for him. And it's, <clears throat> there's these many shots planned in before the game you're gonna throw it unless they're double teamed maybe even if they're double teamed that's how you get some of those interceptions but you're gonna make that throw and you're gonna come off the play action there's gonna be an easy read right there in the middle of the field you're gonna throw a dart uh you know to Emmanuel Sanders coming across or whatever it is but the Bron- I mean if the Broncos are thinking they're you know getting the guy who's gonna go into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes they are sorely mistaken If the Broncos are getting a guy that they think can make a big play or two and manage the game, and they think they can win with that, well, then all the more power to them. Good luck. 
All I've been saying this whole time is he's an one, an upgrade from Case Keenum, a clear upgrade in my opinion. Two, he makes the defense honor him. Those are the only two two things I've stuck to with Joe Flacco. I'm, not once have I ever tried to make the case that he's a Super Bowl winning quarter. He's going to go win a Super Bowl for you. If the Broncos think he can, I'm here to watch, and I and, and I'll tip my cap and say good luck. I don't. I wouldn't do it. You know. You already know. I would draft a quarterback in the first round for the exact reasons that you just detailed. Uh, not to mention, I think Kyler Murray is a generational talent. But to me, the Broncos made this move because they they see the way that that team's defended. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I'm just presenting new information, uh, and really hoping that it's we're not watching. The Broncos aren't just trying to reach back five years ago and bring those glory days back. All right, Ryan, one more quick piece of news. Speaking of Joe Flacco's weapons and Antonio Brown, according to our guy Tom Pelissero, the Broncos are expected to pick up Emmanuel Sanders' contract option by the March 12th deadline. Now, this doesn't mean that Emmanuel is even going to still be on the team. This option is for a measly $1.5 million, so it guarantees Emmanuel $1.5 million of his $10.25 million salary. I mean, he, we, we already knew there was over $2 million in dead money, so this really means nothing. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like the, some of this stuff is so complicated. Every contract is different, and so many fans see this stuff and just make such a big deal out of it. Like I saw so many people saying, oh, well, uh, that that's the end of that. You know, Sanders will be around next yeah. year put the AB talks to bed, put anything to bed. It's like, well, not really. This is just common business sense. The Broncos still could trade Emmanuel Sanders. And really quick, typically when these contract options come up, it's around this time you have to exercise them, typically before the start of the new league year, which is it's March 13th this year. Um, but typically these are – they fully guarantee the entire contract or you know 75% of them. And if they pick them up, then you're like, okay, this guy will be back. There's no question about it. They're not going to cut him after guaranteeing his contract. Emmanuel, they're guaranteeing a tenth of his contract. So it doesn't mean that at all. And this makes sense. Are you Were you really going to cut Emmanuel before you trade for Antonio Brown? No. Were you going to cut Emmanuel before uh, you knew what his health was like? No. Are, do you know what his health is like right now? You can say initial reports are looking good, but come on. He's not out there running 40-yard dashes right now. He's not on the football field. He, he's not healthy enough for that. So you pick this up. See how he progresses, and it really doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> I'd love to say a million dollars didn't cost me anything. <laughs> it's funny to say that, but in football terms, it's true. And we've said it a million times. If you don't have a better option, you stay with Emmanuel. Point blank, end of story. Unless you aren't in win-now mode, but you can't keep making these moves that contradict each other. <laughs> right. Because they keep trying to tell us they're in win-now mode. If they cut Emmanuel Sanders and went into the season with Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and Tim Patrick as their top three. Sound the sound the alarms. Press the panic button. <laughs> yeah. Sell your season tickets. <laughs> but if you can upgrade, you do it, and you move on from manual, and you save $10 million. Exactly. Like $9 million now that you picked up that option. Exactly. So not a big deal. It doesn't mean anything, really, about his future with the Broncos. All right, Zach, before we move on here and talk about Something that I have a strong opinion on. Uh, I want to tell the listeners about Strava Craft Coffee. 
Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check those out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive -psycho ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right. Did you see what Case Keenum had to say uh, on what was it, the Sports Spectrum podcast? Yeah, he was he was disappointed, right? <laughs> Do you have the quote? I can I can pull it up. He said he was shocked and disappointed. Can we get some self awareness around here? I'm shocked that he's shocked, honestly. <laughs> I mean, dude, come on. You know what I was shocked about? Case Keenum sucking. Mm, you didn't like the one touchdown for every million dollars he was paid? Didn't quite do that it. Wasn't that wasn't shocked me. <laughs> that shocked you? That shocked me. <laughs> was it disappointing? I was shocked <laughs> and disappointed, yep. And I think the rest of everyone in this city was as well. I mean, give me a break, dude. Who do you think you are? This The, the very first line made me chuckle a little bit. He said, Elway called me that morning and we had a great conversation, which he didn't have to do, and I appreciated that. And I thought, you had a great conversation. You're just finding out that you're being replaced and, and this is going to be a humiliating and embarrassing next couple months for you? Great conversation. The great conversation was, hey, man, just wanted to give you a heads up before you see it on the TV. We're trading for Joe Flacco, and uh, we're going to try and get you in a good situation if we can. Uh, are you sure, John? Yep, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, thanks for the conversation. Dial tone. <laughs> Yep. I mean... And, and, and to be fair, it was uh, a good thing of John Elway to do, but it's not like this is unheard of. The thing is, it's like, he did, in certain respects, he, he said some classy things here. He said, hey, look, John Elway has to do what he has to do when he thinks he can improve the Broncos. Like, he said that stuff. But to say you were shocked, come on, man. You were terrible. Unless that's just... You know how we were saying that you want the the guy that's always going to have full confidence in himself, unless that's just how he operates. But I guess that's not just being confident; that's not being in reality. I just think I, you weren't. I just think he's lying. You weren't shocked. <laughs> Come on, man! You knew they were either going to draft a quarterback, get like, and you were going to be their backup, or you were getting traded, or you were getting cut, or they were going to find some other way to upgrade the position. You can't go out there. And just blow for 16 weeks and expect you're safe. If you do, you know nothing about the league you're playing inside of. And I'm pretty sure Case Keenum has a, a pretty good idea about it. Yeah, he wrote a whole book about it. <laughs> yep, he certainly, certainly did. And for anyone out there that thinks maybe Case and Joe Flacco are still going to be on this team together, well, he kind of put that to rest without saying it. He said, for us, speaking, uh, his wife Kimberly was next to him. It's another chapter in our lives, and we're going to roll with it. We're going to approach this like everything I do in my in my entire life, and that's not by accident that this happened. It's just another chapter and another opportunity to overcome some adversity in my life. He's saying right there, another chapter. That's not just being, you know, competing with Joe Flacco. That's moving on to another city. He's spending too much time around Vance Joseph saying by act it's not by accident and it's not by purpose. <laughs> He's really good on my nerves. It's on accident or on purpose. Wow, I never put the two together. Or not an accident. 
an accident. It's by accident? On accident. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to be messed up now. Because maybe you can say it's by accident, but you can't say it's by purpose. No, 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 no. So those two things aren't interchangeable. You just got to get in the habit of on, <laughs> on accident, on purpose. Maybe by accident, on purpose. Maybe I was too hard on him. So when John, I'm just sick of Case Keenum. I don't want to hear anything more about him. When John brought Vance into the office to let him know he was he was firing him, Vance was like, "Is this by accident?" <laughs> or it's not, he's like, "It's not by accident that we lost all these games. It's by purpose that we didn't have a quarterback." Vance is like, "Wait, wait. I think you're saying it wrong, John." <laughs> um, what else was I going to say about Case Keenum? I had another. I had another. Vent, time. vent. I just you're going to talk about how those 15 interceptions were a lot. No, I was going to talk about how he wrote a book in the middle of his career. Yeah. What are you doing? That's when you knew he had made it. He thought he had made it. When you drop a book, right? When you get the big contract, that's that's when you know, right? I mean, you don't drop a book when you think there's like four more chapters, do you? Unless you want to make that volume two. If he wrote the book after this year, no one would buy it. Mm. So I guess he struck while the iron was hot. Yep. But like you can't write a biography in the middle of your career. An autobiography. No. Yeah. What's the, what's the ending to the story? Man. Does, it, does that story end with him getting the big contract to the Broncos and it seems like it's this this happy ending? Yeah, because he didn't know it was going to happen this year. Yeah, well, He was shaking in his boots a bit. You've got the prelude, or the is that what it's called? Yeah. That you write before? What's yeah. it called when you have to, like, you write something after? Is that the, oh, what is it? I don't know. I've never read a book. <laughs> um... <laughs> All I know is it needs a, it needs an additional chapter that you like slide in there and it's like it's like this big happy ending and like he's like I'm so happy and we're gonna live in Denver and then it's like oh and then he sucked and got cut. <laughs> Three sentences. Yep. I mean he he got cut from the Broncos and then got picked up for another team where he had a great career as a backup. Where he just was a backup. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. He made oh man he's still gonna make so much money. That was a red flag. We missed that one. The book. The book. That was a big red flag. It came out week one. Coming down right here, Joe Flacco set to release <laughs> a book. <laughs> it's called The Raven. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's enough Case Keenum for me. Forever. For everyone, too. <laughs> I just, I mean, can we just get him just get him out of the door? No that's... more appearances at places with Broncos. And here's the thing. I think it's... When do they when do they release him? Just really quick to wrap this up because I don't think they're going to be able to trade for him. You'd be crazy to trade for him and take on that salary. You do it. You have to do it before there's anything on the field. In fact, you have to do it before there's even workouts. You don't want him in the same building as Joe Flacco. Yeah, you're not going to be able to trade him. So do you release him one week after free agency in the new league year when you can trade for people? Is it two? Is it just like they did with C.J. Anderson? The day the players came in to start OTAs, John brought CJ in the office that Monday morning and said, you're not going to be here. No, no, they did have CJ in the – no, it was that. Yeah. I would say – oh, yeah, it was the first day. Yep. I would say you call every team, you get 31 no's, and then you cut him. (laughs) I agree. You you can't have them both in the building at the same time. You can't. It's just weird, right? Like – And especially for other players – you can't do that when, when they're talking to media. You do not invite your ex-girlfriend to your party with your new girlfriend. <laughs> what if it's not? Well, I guess it probably would be official. What? If you broke up with her by that point. <laughs> if you, didn't, you definitely don't invite her. <laughs> yeah. But even if you're like friends still. Right. You don't invite her. No. 
You don't. You're asking when, when you're showing off the new thing. Right. It was just like you're ha- like it's like your birthday. Yeah. You broke up like three weeks ago. Right. You're seeing this new girl for the first time. You're like, hey, you should come to my birthday party. Yep. You cannot. You no. cannot have the ex there. You can't do that to Joe. Exactly. Don't like he's your new boo. <laughs> Don't screw things up for the cheap price of eighteen and a half million. It's only half a million more. Yep. Cheap. Cheap. <laughs> cheap. Re- cheap. To, in a relative sense. Let's see what uh, let's see what the listeners think of all this. Your buddy Travo chimes in. Uh, not going on those same lines at all, Ryan. He says, as far as Mexican fast food, El Polo <laughs> El Pollo Taco is the or, El Pollo, El Pollo Loco. Loco is the king. I'm out. All right. Well, thank you for that <laughs> deep insight on Joe Flacco versus Case Keaton. <laughs> Next one coming in from Behind Enemy Lines. He says, Hey guys, James here from Iowa, live in Boston. It breaks my heart that you, like I, have to settle for such trifling comparisons as Qdoba versus Chipotle. In the Midwest, starting starting next to you, Iowa. Oh, U- University of Iowa campus, comes the real Mexican food goat, Pancheros. Can we just call into question immediately <laughs> that the best uh, Mexican food in America rests in Iowa? Yeah, that's that's a little interesting. <laughs> a little interesting. Let's see what he says about it. Their tortillas are balls of dough. They press into tortillas once you order, and they have the perfect doughiness after. They taste just like my family's homemade tortillas. Then they fill them with top-notch ingredients and mix them together with the tool they call Bob instead of having instead of handing you a bag of ingre- of layered ingredients. Having no poncheros in Boston is probably the worst part of living here after the Patriots fans. All right. So, first of all, I have to give him um, some benefit of the doubt here because he he did not accidentally throw in that his family makes homemade tortillas, Mm. which to me lends me to believe he has a decent outlook on this Mm. sort of stuff. So I'm going to give him a slight benefit of the doubt there. I will say there is a place in Boulder – called Cafe Mexicali that does the exact same thing um, where they press the tortillas right in front of you. They do have like a nice doughiness to it. They also have like you can do you could smother it in like a white green chili sauce or like this other sauce. Good stuff. That's very similar to Cafe Rio, by the way. Oh, okay. they, do, they do all those things. The, 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 I'll give the tortilla, you know, a, a 10 out of 10. Yeah. But it, it's I like Chipotle like. If if you're a true Chipotle enthusiast, you like the fact that you can have like a full chicken bite, you can have a full rice bite, you mm. bite it down the middle, you can get a little bit of both. I was always very skeptical of that growing up. And then I went to a place where they mix it for you. And I said, No, 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 no. It's, it's not I don't like the mix anymore. I so now I now I embrace the full bites. Cause when they mix it all together, it's almost like you're getting like a burrito smoothie. <laughs> all the flavors just mush into one. Then I'm kinda like, this tastes like what I can make at home. Mm. So at home, you just got to layer it and you'll be good. <laughs> I don't know how to. It just falls apart when you do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, they do it. Illegal Pete's mixes it up. It's fine. It's that, not that, that I dis... Yeah. Great. It's not It's it's not that I dislike it. It's just... Not, I don't... It's Somehow I developed a taste for the layered burrito. <laughs> the layered burrito. What if it was layered the other way? Where like you... All five bites on top or the cheese. Like then a seven you layer down, dip. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where you only eat the layers at one at a time. That'd be weird. That would be weird. All right. He goes on to say, oh, oh uh, I guess it's cool that we clearly, quote unquote, clearly upgraded to Flacco. But while going from a Ford Fiesta to a Mustang is definitely an upgrade, 
It still ain't winning you, Indy. This guy's very Midwest. Uh, hoping for Murray, but okay with Locker Haskins. Keep up the good work. Best part of my commute. Hey, Mustang. Jumping up from a Ford Fiesta to a Mustang. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'd take that. I mean, if we're going on that. I think we're going from like a Ford Fiesta to a Toyota Camry. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Then what's, what's Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, and Kyler Murray in this? Kyler Murray is a car so nice it can't even be bought on the open market. So an Indy car, it, it's winning it Indy. Yeah, that's win- that, exactly. It's winning Indy. It goes too fast. Too fast. Not legal for uh, street speeds. Yeah, if you can get that, you get your hands on it. I remember when I was a kid and like, remember there's like the there's like the sports kids and there's like the cars kids. Yep. The cars kids always talked about the McLaren F1 mm. and they're like it's not legal on the streets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I guess he's a McLaren F1. Mm. What's what's Locke and Haskins? Hmm. Locke. It's like an I'm going to need time to to let mm. that one brew. Mm. Haskins. It's like the 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 model of just like solid Gets the job done. Not going to have to bring it into the shop. Um, it's like a Lexus? Yeah, like sure. A, it's nice and, and it's reliable forever. It's, re- it's luxury. Yeah, like, okay. like a Lexus SUV. Yeah, there we go. I'll take that. I like that. Yeah, and I think Locke is like an Audi or something mm, where it's like you feel yep. real good in it. <laughs> yeah. And like you know you're turning some heads. Yep. But you also know there's some people that are driving Lambos that are like, <laughs> and it goes into the shop. Quite I was bit. gonna say it could break down often. In yeah, big I mean it time. just it just has some repairs that are necessary. Yeah, so give us give us any of those. They're all an upgrade, right? They're better than the Toyota Camry, and certainly <laughs> better than the Ford Fiesta. And I like a good Toyota Camry. <laughs> hey, that was my first car. Yeah, good reliable. <laughs> piece of a piece of uh machinery yeah i wasn't sure if you're gonna say like piece of junk no. really see where it's at. i was gonna i'd say a piece of metal but that that's <laughs> not that's not right um that's a, i like i like the comparisons yeah. those are always fun I do too. I, I behind really like enemy that. lines goes on to say by the way obviously talking about burritos and here's a take tacos are generally a waste of money outside of taco bell because they're the price of a burrito for one third the food and quesadillas are fine but miss most of the goodies yeah, like are we talking about it, uh, Chipotle? Exactly. But you get three, still doesn't add up. Still doesn't add. No, the net um, weight there has got to be lower. But here's the thing: I would never get tacos at Chipotle, mm. but I absolutely adore tacos. Tacos mm. are amazing. Like just at like a taco place. Yeah. Like yeah. A taco restaurant. Yeah, I agree because they're different. They're right. so different. And they're like a dollar fifty each. You can have like four. Yep. And be sufficiently full yeah i sometimes i do get the tacos at chipotle one for every meal it's perfect i imagine you going to chipotle ordering one (laughs) soft taco and rolling it up like a burrito and calling that your food (laughs) what do they call it the what do they call it i think they have them at taco bell the cheese where it's just cheese no it's just cheese like cheesy (laughs) roll-ups i'm like god you couldn't have thought of a better name yeah it does (laughs) It's too close to like fruit roll up. Yeah. Couldn't you just call that like a an unsmothered enchilada? <laughs> there you go. It sounds fancy. Handheld enchilada. You go with your friends. I can't be ordering four cheesy rolls. I could order four handheld enchiladas. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. From Maddie Nice eighty eight. His. I was looking forward to this one. He said, "Have you guys looked into AB's stats without Ben Roethlisberger? They're significantly worse. I don't think an investment." 
uh, in money and draft capital is worth it for a team that isn't realistically competing for a championship. Have you looked at those stats? I don't care what they are because yeah. it's not that he's played on another team. It's like these are his stats with, oh, God, who's, you know, insert – it's Joshua Dobbs is their backup this year, and then yeah. before that, they had that one guy who was there forever. Yep, yep. Um, that the problem is, if you were going to point to me to another team, let's say he was with like Ryan Tannehill, right. and you could say he was trash with Ryan Tannehill, I would say okay, that raises some red flags for me, um, because Ryan Tannehill is a whatever quarterback. But you're talking about backup quarterbacks. That's like saying. Look at the stats of the BSN Broncos podcast when Ryan Koningsberg is not on there. <laughs> you just can't evaluate them. It's not fair to Zach to say just that. It's too good. Right, exactly. It's too bad. And yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned about that one bit. All right, from Pedro Luis, he says, Now that we have Flacco, a guy that can make plays in the middle of the field, Emmanuel won't be able to play slot, and that's sad. He goes on to say he's getting old and hits are harder on slot guys. It's possible that he won't be as quick as he used to be. A set with Sutton and Patrick as wideouts, and the old E as a slot would be nice. Am I wrong about his ability to play slot from now on? Regards from Brazil. I guess the question is, are we talking about him hitting this old age and needing to play slot this year? Or are we talking about like re-signing him and having him on for four or five years? He's saying he doesn't think he can play in the slot anymore. No, he can. Because here, here's the thing about Joe Flacco. With that deep threat, it's not like all 40 passes or, or 30 of the 40 passes are deep. I mean, I'd it, like to see that off. Yeah, I would too. I mean, they still look short. I I don't believe that completely limits Emmanuel. No, I think uh, Emmanuel is going to be pushed more and more to the slot as he gets older, um, because his you know the last thing that's probably going to go for him is route running. He's a fantastic route runner. Now, quickness is certainly a part of route running. I didn't see him lose any of that. Now, again, he might lose some of it with the Achilles, but getting open is a craft. And it's something that you can do from the slot without, you know, the burning downfield speed. So I think he'll play there um, periodically. I think he's still going to be your number one outside receiver if he's on this team next year. Yeah, absolutely. He absolutely will. Next one, man, I love where this is going. Coming in from Spacebar, he says, What are your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell coming to the Broncos? Booker would have to go. And the question is then, do you keep Freeman? Lindsay is a must-have right now. Hopefully his injury doesn't come back to haunt him. Lindsay is a jewel. Having Bell in the backfield is a major threat. Not only does he have the talent of running and catching, but with not playing last year, he has a fresh body, no injuries to recover from, and he is just getting to his into his prime years. The cost would be high, but I believe the results would make it worth it. Bell and AB, go Broncos. And now we're running into some cap problems. <laughs> um... This is one of those things where you could have Le'Veon Bell probably if you wanted him, but you is that a responsible use of funds? No, Except no, it. it's not. What are we talking? Fifteen million a year? Something like that. Yeah, fifteen million a year for one of the best running backs in the game, if not the best running back, and an absolute threat out of the backfield. But the Broncos need offensive line help. And they have one of the best running backs in the league, as shown last season. Now, Philip Lindsay could take a step back this year. I don't think um, anyone would would be too disappointed if he came back a little bit. He could also take a step forward. He's a second-year player. They say the biggest jump is from year one to year two. He is also going to be playing with a quarterback who sees things at the line and can get him into good plays, which, again, 
Nope, not going to say his name. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be playing with a quarterback who gets up there and he sees they're weak on one side. He's just going to flip the play, run it the other way, and Philip Lindsay's going to get an easy seven yards. That didn't happen this year. So we could see Philip Lindsay get better. We could see him take a step back. I don't think, again, I don't think anyone would crush him for that. But it's not enough of an upgrade to pay 30 times more what you're paying for Philip Lindsay for Le'Veon Bell. Really quick, do the does the offensive line need help, need improvement? Most certainly. Do the tight ends need improvement? Yes. Do the quarterbacks need improvement? Yes. Do the wide receivers need improvement? Yes. Do the running backs need improvement? No. So then can you really afford to go spend the most money you're going to spend this offseason to afford the position that needs it the least? Maybe on the entire team outside of outside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, so I I mean I I love the idea though. What if you add A B and Le'Veon Bell? I love the idea. It's fun. It's not happening. I think in that scenario you'd have to trade Philip Lindsay. No, 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 no. For like great value? Yeah, because you you trade him high, you'd get a, you know, second or third round pick for him. I wouldn't do it by any means, but what are you gonna how are you gonna split the rock between those two guys? Both of them need need carries. Antonio Brown's getting the carries. You mean Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell yeah, is so getting the carries. That's a waste. And then here's what you do because he's such a good – I mean, didn't he want the franchise tag to be like both the wide receiver tag and the running back tag? So if he's that much of a receiver and you're paying him that much, have him be in the slot whenever you, you, you have Phillip Lindsay in the backfield. That could be dangerous. It oh, could man, be. could you imagine Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell lined up as receivers with – I guess you wouldn't have Emmanuel Sanders – with Cortland Sutton – and Philip Lindsay in the background, backfield. Yeah, yeah, count me in. The thing is, I just, I don't, I, I think it would be a waste of Phil's value to give him eight carries a game tops. What are you getting for Phil? I don't know. Second. <sighs> that would most? be one hell of a turnaround. Take yeah. an undrafted guy, play him for one year, and turn him into a second round pick. Yeah, I don't think you're getting him for a second. I wouldn't even want to give him up for a second. Really? Okay. Would you trade Antonio? Would you trade Philip Lindsay for Antonio Brown? Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah. Um, but de- it depends on your philosophy because you're literally getting opposite players. You're getting a guy who's going to be a captain for you this year, I think, versus a guy who you're going to essentially have to have some, an eye on 24-7. Um, so, How worried are you about – oh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, right. yeah, never mind. I was thinking on Le'Veon. Um, so <laughs> that's a tough one. I actually would probably end up coming back to no if it was my actual football team. Well, of course you wouldn't. Look but, at the look at the sweatshirt you're wearing right now, <laughs> or the or the, the uh, picture on the wall. Yeah, I guess I guess he's staring at us right now. Uh, and look at all the shirts that we're surrounded <laughs> by. No, I just I think if 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 you're actually in charge of a football team, you have to be a little more responsible with this type of stuff. It's one thing to bring on a guy who's dangerous. It's another thing to subtract maybe your the best team player you have on your team to bring in a guy who is is going to be a net negative in that area. There we go. We found it. The only way Ryan won't trade for Antonio Brown if is if you're trading $600,000 Philip Lindsay. He's worth more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, I mean, that's an interesting conversation. You just – I think you come back to the smart decision, which is we have to keep this guy. He He could be a – a 10-year captain for us. How about that for the Steelers? You know you're losing A.B. You know you're losing Le'Veon Bell. Get get Philip Lindsay in. Get they, some juice. They have James Conner. Yeah. 
Is he juice? Gave them some he juice last year. He yeah. was good. Juice? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they feel pretty good about probably having James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Talk about a team that was stacked with playmakers. And did nothing. Well, they had some serious disconnect going on in that locker room. There's a lot of disconnect. The year before, when all of them were playing, what did they do? Did they make it to the AFC Championship game? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they were out. I don't, th- I don't think they've been there in a while. But that team is just like a mess. It's like this mishmash of personalities that don't go well together. <laughs> it's really true. And it's, pr- and it's like a red flag for the same reason why you wouldn't trade Philip Lindsay for Antonio Brown. Hmm. Philip Lindsay is one of those guys you say, like, he keeps our locker room together. And so if you bring Antonio Brown in, like, this culture can, like, absorb him. You know, that's, like, what you're trying to talk yourself into if you are if you have Antonio Brown. But you can't, like, take out guys like that. You have to add more to counteract Antonio Brown. Wow, sounds like you're very uh, against trading for Antonio Brown in any situation now. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. All right, from Elroy Jetson. He says, day late and dollar short here. No way do I want A.B., Yes, he's talented. No way does he have a professional attitude. Who else has thrown a tantrum in the public eye about his team when paid like that and called out coaches and the quarterback? Uh, If he came here, he would be upset and a giant issue the moment he had a bad game, and it would be everyone else's fault, and we would have a Pittsburgh problem all over again. If we lose Sanders, I'd take any other player but AB. <laughs> I hope we do what it takes to get Locke and shore up the line on both sides. Yeah, that's the, that's probably the responsible move. You know who's a guy that people used to say this stuff about? Who? Randy Moss. Hmm. Randy Moss threw tantrums on the sideline. He yelled at his coaches. He sprayed a referee with water. <laughs> and he pretended to moon uh, the stands. Like, he was doing crazy stuff like this all the time. And he got traded three times in his career because of it. Or, I guess, traded from Minnesota to Oakland, Oakland to New England. I, I, maybe he got traded out of New England. I forget how it, it ended there. Um he got traded because of it. He ended up having the most prolific season by any wide receiver in the history of the NFL with Tom Brady in New England. So you could say these guys never change, and New England is certainly a oasis for guys like this to go in and change their ways. But hindsight being 2020, uh, would you have traded for Randy Moss when he was coming out of Oakland after two really bad seasons and a bunch of tantrums? No. At the time, you probably would have said no. He thought he was done. Then he went on and had like 30 touchdown catches or something crazy. Yeah, became Tom Brady's best friend. So I understand the the thoughts here, but I also think this is just one of those things for a second-round pick, you just got it. It's a risk you have to take. If you want to win, which seems like the Broncos want to. And Broncos are in a, in, a, in a risk mode. I mean, they have to be willing to take risks if they're really trying to win right now. Exactly. You have to be – you have to have faith in your coaching staff, in your locker room, and your leaders. And, again, that's a little risky. But if you want to go from 6-10 and 10 to 10-6, and six, you better be doing some stuff that other teams don't want to do, and it better work. Do the Patriots need to take risks? No. No. They know they're going to be there. And funny enough, they would probably be the best place for Antonio Brown to go, but that's not a risk they need to take. Oh, man. Man, that'd be dangerous. The one that scares me is Kansas City. Oh, my God. They are in win-now mode, and that's for sure. So they just go full. It would be even going more than the 2013 Broncos, full in on offense. 
Can you imagine trying to cover that? Because you you like cut Justin Houston, or you don't pick up a defensive player's contract in order to afford him, and so you have no defense, but you have you have an unstoppable offense. Literally unstoppable. Could you imagine if Kareem Hunt didn't do all that and he was still on their team too? Insane. I mean, another thing that you're just like, wow, if that happens, you're in big trouble. Then we're talking about Patrick Mahomes breaking Break. all of Peyton's. Yeah, numbers. throw sixty touchdown passes. <laughs> Because the only person more unguardable, arguably, than Antonio Brown is Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and then uh, your option in the middle of the field isn't too bad either. Yeah. That would be – I mean, no one in the league maybe ever has had what it takes to cover both of those guys on the same play. They would have no reason to run the ball. I don't believe you in just running do, – You just do jet sweeps. I, I think running the ball is a waste anyway. <laughs> it slows the game down. <laughs> Unless you're trying to counteract, like if you're the uh, if you're the Chiefs, I don't think you should ever run the ball. No, you're just you're no. just like you're willingly accepting less yards than you'd probably get passing the ball. Oh my gosh! Just for the thought of of making it happen, I realize balance, blah blah blah, keeping the threat. When you have that many weapons, if, especially if you added him, it's just a waste. Don't worry, the Broncos have Joe Flacco and Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton to keep up with them. You can't let that happen. <laughs> you really can't let it happen. You can't. If you do, you might as well cut Joe Flacco and just <laughs> say, you know what, we'll try another year. All right, from Wyatt0614, he says, Hey, fellas, love the pod. Been a subscriber and a listener for about a year and a half now. I find myself refreshing the podcast app every day just waiting for BSN Broncos to pop up. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Anyways, I don't have much to say on the food front. Well, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, besides, good times is the goat, and wild sauce is just plain addicting. Mm. As far as the Broncos, I have a couple of questions. One, you guys mentioned how the Cardinals organization would never come out and say they were thinking about drafting a QB at number one. Does it not create any conflict with Ro- Josh Rosen? Could this logic be applied to John Elway and Case Keenum? John called Case a temporary fix, so maybe John realized that he could create he that that could create locker room conflict. So he just went out and replaced him. With Joe Flacco. Could the Flacco trade also have been a reactionary move to relieve locker room tension? Uh, that would be really bad on John's part if he accidentally slipped something in a one-on-one interview. Probably, I mean, very casual. That would be bad. Let's not forget that in front of every media member in Denver, he said, quote, <laughs> I'm going to go outside and shake a tree and see if a quarterback falls out when Case Keenum was on his team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he's been over case for a while. I think he was over case in about no later than week eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was already shaking on some trees. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I don't think that happened. I think John Elway just realized I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yep. Uh, he goes on to my next question would be about the quarterbacks and what the Broncos could be looking for in the draft. I read an article that said Scangarello wanted Flacco because he f- he fit his under center question mark scheme best. I know that Haskins fits the build of Flacco, but he worked mostly in the shotgun out of Ohio State. Are there any other quarterbacks in the draft that fit Scangarello's scheme that the Broncos would look at? Is this something they would prioritize in a quarterback skill set? Also, please say Kyler Murray because Ryan's article made me fall in love with him. Thanks for the great pods. Haha. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, is I was going to say of the top three quarterbacks, Kyler Murray is not fit that if we're profiling the best. I mean, it would be Drew Locke and it would be uh, Dwayne Haskins. 
the thing is all three of them played out of the shotgun primarily in their careers. I mean, that's what you're getting when you're getting quarterbacks out of college in today's day and age. It's just that's the way it is. You have to be able to evaluate a guy, look at his footwork, look at you know how he operates in the pocket and say, okay, do we feel good throwing this guy under center and can he figure it out? If you ask me, I think that's stupid. Um, if I'm drafting Drew Locke, Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins I'm saying okay our scheme is now that we play shotgun a lot I mean I completely agree with you and it really does feel like that is not going to happen here yeah they they certainly like going under center I just it doesn't make sense to me why did why does John like that because you can run the ball well out of it now because it's the best it's the most effective way to run the football and even in even in the Super Bowl you saw the Patriots who play as much shotgun as anyone go under center run the rock wear them out well why can't you can do this is what frustrates me why can't you do why can't you do what the patriots do and have a week-to-week game plan do you do you have to have tom brady in order to do that i'm truly asking do you you don't have to you have to have a very cerebral quarterback and you have to have a really good offensive coordinator and but why that shouldn't be tough well every team figures out things that the other team doesn't do well and, and game plans to it. Some teams just prefer to have their their identity because they think it's easier for the players to go out and execute if they know that's what they're about. Uh, I hate it because they do change things, but the amount of change that the Patriots have can can have on a week-to-week basis is absurd. Well, that I mean, that's what Josh McDaniels did when he was in Denver, and it didn't work. So there's a lot of variables that go into this. I mean, when DJ Williams was on this podcast, he said, I've never met a smarter football person than Josh McDaniels because the way he would come up with a game plan every week that was so different was incredible. But it didn't work. It was too much for the players. Well, and, and it, it is about the quarterback. And what, what did he have? He had Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow. Yeah. I mean, you weren't going to be able to do it with those guys. But I would think if you had a top 10 quarterback, you'd be able to do it. I think Kyler Murray could do anything. Mm, yeah, you do. <laughs> no, and that includes playing under center. Now, I, it's not ideal. It's not something that you would want to do all the time. And so you ha- you'd have to be open to playing shotgun a lot. And when Rich Gangarello got Jimmy Garoppolo from the New England Patriots, he said, okay, all he really knows is shotgun. So we're going to play in shotgun. Well, guess what? They went undefeated. They never should have overthought it. After that, and they should have just said, cool, our offense is – and it's not just Rich Gangrel, obviously, it's Kyle Shanahan. They should have, from that moment, said, cool, our team's shotgun now. That's our offense. Because we didn't lose with Jimmy in the shotgun. They didn't want to do it that way. They wanted to run the Kyle Shanahan offense, and we never really got to see if it was going to work out or not. But it wasn't working as well as it was at the beginning of – at the end of last year. So, I mean, why wouldn't Kyler Murray be able to succeed under center? I think he could do it especially when you're talking about running play action and bootleg. I mean, I think he could do that better than anyone. Sure. I mean, I think he could do it. Because that that plays to his strengths entirely. Get him, you know, get him out where he can see the field out outside of the pocket. Now, again, he doesn't mind throwing from the pocket. He did it 89% of the time last year. But he's not going to object to rolling out and setting his feet and ripping it down the field. I just don't see the Broncos saying, okay, this is a guy that we can put into our system. I don't know. Uh, I I don't I don't think so, but I'll hold out hope that Rich Gangarello <laughs> knows what he would be missing out on if he says that guy doesn't fit my scheme, so we shouldn't take him. Ryan, 
Get your boxing gloves on for this next one. Bronco Duck says, I'm not as high on AB as Ryan seems to be, but I expect nothing less from a guy who doesn't appreciate in and out and overvalues Chipotle. Wow, coming right at your heart. I'll have to say, this has suddenly become a national topic. (laughs) And Darren Fox said in and out is trash. This was discussed in the uh, Golden State Warriors locker room. Most of them said that in and out was overrated. John Mayer recently uh, did an Instagram video in which he compared In-N-Out and Shake Shack, and the winner was In-N-Out. So, or I'm sorry, the winner was Shake Shack. Mm. So the world seems to be siding with me oh, on this. Oh, okay. Well, the price point of those two players. We're talking like five eighty and a dollar fifty. I'll just say like me and my peers, John Mayer, Steph Curry, <laughs> and you know those type of people, high upper echelon mm. people in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah prefer good burgers to in and out so i'll just give you the entire warriors team said it was bad i'll just give that to you so you <laughs> except have except for uh what's his face bell who's recording the video oh yeah jordan bell so you have a california kid you have one sports team you have one artist and wasn't there someone else you threw in there darren fox and darren fox all those guys can be in your circle. I just have no. If you love In and Out, you you don't go out and put it on Instagram and stuff. So that means everyone else. What do else... you mean? Like the best part of going to In and Out is being able to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. Yeah, but no, no, no. You you don't you don't just take it in IG live. You know, of running on the treadmill, calling yourself Mister Big Check, uh, <laughs> saying saying how In and Out is great. It's just known. You don't have to put that out there. You don't have to brag about what you know about. You guys continue eating in and out. Me and my people will continue eating burgers with gold flakes on them. Yeah, you, you have good company, but you got about eleven people in your circle. It's a pretty dope circle. <laughs> gotta give me that. I don't like the Warriors, so I would say no. All right. Well, hey. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on uh, and says Sanders is a known Denver commodity and can coexist in the locker room with his teammates. Can we say that with AB? I guess you can coexist anywhere if you just curl up into a ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, he goes on to say, as good as his aging production would be, is it worth a potential locker room issue? Additionally, I cannot wait for free agency news to start hitting the Twitter feed. I really hope Elway and Fangio are able to bring in a steady corner and a proven linebacker. I'd hate to see the Broncos going into the draft with too many legitimate needs. Elway has had success filling some of those needs in free agency. Let's hope this 2019 free agency haul is as productive as the 2014 class was. Sure, certainly. Yeah, I just don't get your hopes up for that good of a class coming in. Uh, you know what I'll say about this? What was the attraction to Denver when Vance Joseph was the head coach? <sighs> Case Keenum? <laughs> like that he was a player's coach or something? I can't, I can't think of what your sell would be. Now it would be John Elway. Yeah, but that that wasn't doing much for anyone when they were, weren't winning games. Now, with defensive players, I think you can sell guys on playing for Vic Fangio. I think that's a much bigger sell than anything you had when when Vance Joseph was the was the coach here. Well, what are we talking about? Are we talking A listers, B, C? Who are the A list? C J Mosley. I think yeah, I think that could be a sell for him. I don't know if it's going to beat B out what other teams or a have. selling point. It can be the sell. It has to be. Really? You think you think what else are that you selling? Vic Fangio's presence. No, oh, I'm talking about in CJ's eyes. Are you talking about in the Broncos' eyes? 
Right, right, right. What I'm okay. saying is that's got to be your sell if right, you're the Broncos. Right, we can right, bring right. you in here, look what this guy, dome patrol, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. This guy will turn you into an you know an all-timer. He might make you a Hall of Famer. Playing next to Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, too, he's going to use you guys in a way that has been unmatched. Right. That's your sell. And I think it's the best thing you have right now. It is, but does that work for C.J. Mosley, who is going to be able to play for any team he wants? Right. I mean, the other sell for, I don't know, the Chiefs. Say, hey, if you come here, we have a defense, we win a Super Bowl. Right. It's hard to beat. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, it just depends on what a guy's preferences are, and I think you have a really hard time attracting free agency free agents when you aren't winning football games. Exactly, and when you don't have a quarterback that everyone can count on. Now, CJ, maybe CJ Mosley is a big Joe Flacco fan. Maybe I mean there was apparently some disconnect on within that Baltimore locker room on who the team was going to go with down the stretch. Maybe he was Team Flacco. He says, reunite me with my guy. He doesn't put our defense in bad positions often. He just wants to be with his quarterback. That's, that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, charm of luck, if that's true. And then they sign C.J. Mosley and cut Joe Flacco, and the whole reason <laughs> for trading for Joe Flacco is to get C.J. Mosley. Be a hell of a fourth-round pick. That'd be a plan. That'd be a plan, John. <laughs> um. So I think the Broncos might have a little more success in free agency. But remember, everyone's like, John Elway is going to attack free agency this year. That's what everyone said last year. And I remember sitting there talking to a source and then and then saying, John Elway is going to go crazy this year. Like, he's so hungry. He is going to spend, spend, spend. They might be making some trades for a quarterback, blah, 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 blah. You got Case Keenum and who? Resign Todd Davis. Hey, nice. Um, you got Jared Valdir, Sue Cravens. Mm. I guess that was those it was aggressive. Yeah, it was aggressive. In reality, though, those were those were low risk, high reward. I mean, there, there was really low risk. Where we're talking the Demarcus Ware signings was definitely low risk, high reward. Yeah, Jared Valdir also though. I mean, to get your starting right tackle at a seventh round pick. That's not much. I mean, it's not like bold moves, I guess. Well, I wonder what bold moves were out there that they, they didn't take, though. Like, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Here's the thing. It's okay if the Broncos don't spend big, if they're not ultra-aggressive this year. Now, do you want them talking to C.J. Mosley and seeing if you can bring him in on a discount? Sure. Why not? But is it worth overpaying a middle linebacker? Let, let, let's put it to what it is. A didn't middle he linebacker. Alabama too? He did, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, is it over, worth overpaying a middle linebacker this year to be a little better, and then he doesn't fit what you want to do? Or well, he he would fit what you want to do, but then you miss out on the great defensive lineman you want next year because you don't have money, and then you don't get to roll any money into next year when you're really going to be competing. That's uh, just not the way they look at it. It's just not the way they look at it. They they rolled dollars over from last year. No, I know, but I think they're looking at this season as like we need a quick turnaround. The thing that I cannot see is John Elway so overspending bad. for the position that he doesn't <laughs> like from the school that he doesn't like. Yeah, there you go. There's an article right there why the Broncos absolutely won't sign C.J. Mosley. Right. That would be a – I mean, if that happens, Vic Fangio has <laughs> oh, some man. serious pull in there. That's for sure. He'll be uh, putting – I guess there, what, 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 that that wouldn't be a band aid move, would it? No. Yeah. That would be a repair, full full on screws and everything. That'd just be a new piece. Yeah. A new car. All right, from Carpaccio, Chris, he says, 
How is Cortland Sutton going to take a step forward when all he does is play Fortnite every day? Jeez. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's some good intel. I mean, who knows? I know Casey Kreider plays Fortnite a lot. How dare he? <laughs> um, here's the thing. If he's doing that in season, I'm going to be a little more concerned. Every guy attacks their off season differently, you know. And if he plays, he can play Fortnite every day and work out every day. Like there's enough time in the day for both of those things. I need my I need my athletes working out 12 hours a day. Yeah, you're gonna get a <laughs> dead body in about three years. Um, I look. I I had some issues with the way Cortland Sutton handled last season, so I hope this isn't a symptom of that. But I'm not I. I can't rip a guy because I don't know what he's doing the rest of his time. Maybe he wants to hop on Fortnite. Maybe he can be on Fortnite literally eight hours a day and still be improving as a football player. Well, I guess Carpaccio Chris goes, just kidding. As long as he's ready to go week one, I hardly care how he spends his offseason. So he better be ready. And that's what it boils down to. Yeah. I think he. you hope that in at 8 a.m. he's out there on the jug machine. And whatever he does at 8 p.m., I don't care. <laughs> what he does at 8 p.m. may affect what he does at 8 a.m. It's true. And <laughs> in fact, much rather him, you know, playing Fortnite than it's true being out, you know, <laughs> getting messed up. Uh, he goes on to say, "I don't know how often you two make it out to California, but if you haven't been to Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles in L.A., it's a must-try." I was skeptical about the chicken waffles combination, but I had to try it, and man, was I not disappointed! So good. Have you ever had chicken and waffles? Oh yeah. What do you think of it? I love it for like the first five bites. Okay, and, and then, then what full. happens? Oh, you're full. Okay, <laughs> too heavy. Do, do you put? Is there butter on the waffle? I think you got butter and syrup. You do both, and then is have there you any, not like, had it? I've never had nah, it because man. I've, you know, a little skeptical. But then I've heard people. The three reviews I've heard have been bad. I've been like, yeah, it's what you expect: chicken and waffles, and it's not a good combo. So now I'm hearing the positive. So maybe I will. Actually, it's good. It's good. It's just real heavy. Someone got it that I was with this weekend, and it was chicken and waffles with mashed potatoes in between with gravy on top and with strawberries mixed in. I'm like, wow. Sounds good. A lot, lot is going on there. The best one I've had in Colorado was at The Post. Have you been there? No, I've seen it. Really good. Really good stuff. And they have a little brunch with uh, – I got chicken waffles for brunch. It was great. Are they chicken tenders? Like are there, they no, it's like a, it's like a full like chicken. Like, I don't even. Know. Do you do it with your Breast? hands? Do you pick the chicken and waffles up? No, you gotta have like a nice knife. But then there's like bone in the way. Isn't that hard? Sometimes you gotta you you know you gotta work for it. <laughs> That's too hard. Well, you can go have a cheese roll up. <laughs> Cheesy roll up. <laughs> I think it's just a cheese roll up. <laughs> Those are easy. Uh, all right, so. What's the list of things you have to try? Obviously, Hot Pockets. Oh, yeah. Chicken yep. and waffles. Yep. What else is on the list? Endless. I've tried everything else. No. <laughs> I think there's two things, because I remember being like, we're going to do Hot Pockets and this in the same day. Hmm. It's not like a spicy thing. All right, we'll have to we'll yeah, figure we'll Maybe what you guys can help us out. We'll think. Let's make a list of the things Zach <laughs> is not open to. All right, let's... Whoa, whoa, not not open to. I mean, I'm hey. open to it. If you were open to it, you would have had a hot pocket by now. <laughs> well, we'll make it happen. All right, we'll make it happen. Uh, we've got plenty more questions here, but before we get to that, 
I want to tell you guys about Get Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or even a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app, and you can literally unlock cars near you through their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra cash for your next vacation. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co backslash bsn and save $15 off your first rental or visit get.co backslash bsn to sign up for free and rent your car out and start making money fast. All right, Zach, plenty more questions. Next one coming in from Nick Geyer. He says, hey, dudes, been a minute since I commented, but I was wondering how you feel about the NFL going to a draft lottery like the NHL to try to make teams not tank. Uh, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it depends on if tanking becomes an epidemic. If these next two years when these two quarterback classes are very heralded, especially with, with we'll see what happens with Trevor Lawrence. Um, if team, if there's like eight teams who just don't want to win, they're just trying to get there, I think you might have to make a move to counteract it. As it stands now, I kind of like the worst team getting the first pick. And – how often does tanking happen in the NFL? Did the Arizona Cardinals tank this past year? I don't think so. They were just tanking aw- would have been leaving Josh Rosen on the bench, which probably would have been the smartest thing they could have done. Exactly. The Cardinals were just terrible. Did the Jets tank? No, and they had a top five pick. I mean, it doesn't really happen in the NFL. Now you may see it for the Trevor Lawrence. Probably tanked, although they started winning at the end of the year, which was weird. Yeah, so that's not tanking then. Um. Yeah, I mean, it really felt like they were tanking. It felt like it. And they traded away two of their f- three best players. Then what's that say about the Broncos? They got beat by it. Yeah, they got beat. <laughs> it was not fun. No. It was not fun to watch. No, Christmas Eve spectacular. I mean, they were they were they had their own problems <laughs> at the end of that. Season. They had no <laughs> players. No. It was literally the Philip Lindsay show and teams had figured it out by then. Yep. I don't think they could have beat anyone. No. So as it stands, I don't think it's a, it's an epidemic. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think you have to react yet. If, Like I said, if in 2021, like any team that doesn't feel like they're not going to win a Super Bowl just like sits all of their starters for the entire season, then we're going to have a problem. But I got to see it happen. He then goes on to say, also, I got to resubscribe soon and was wondering what the word is with the contest. Have a great weekend, everyone, and stay warm. Thanks for the reminder. Make sure you subscribe using the promo code Broncos, and that's going to get you a $29.99 subscription for one year. And it's going to help us win this contest, which we are winning, but we cannot slow down. And we we know weekends is when we slow down and the other teams take off, so help us out this weekend. You're so right. This is the the weekend we don't let that happen. Mm, This is when we put our foot down and say no. Pedal to the metal. (laughs) Keep the inside lane. No one's passing us. Oh, is that how you drive to the mountains? No, I'm 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 in the fast lane the whole way. Pet, wasn't that pedal to the metal? Oh yeah. Don't let anyone pass you. Fast lane all the way. Yeah, I'm you a, just described I'm, your your drive. I'm a left lane guy. <laughs> I'm a left lane guy. Um, don't let don't let this happen. No. Because I don't want to sit here on Monday and be like, "Come on, guys, what are you doing?" I was pretty sad on Monday when you hit me with that news. Yeah. It. it we Compa- can't have Monday be even more of a downer than a Monday typically is. Not to mention, Tuesday of next week, we go to the Combine. Yeah. Signing up this weekend is, I mean, you better get ready to drink from the fire hose. Because <laughs> it's going to come at you fast. 
We'll see if you're better at doing it than uh, Vance Joseph was. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, again, subscribe using promo code Broncos. When we win, when we win, everyone who signed up using that promo code uh, will get a free BSN Denver t-shirt. I'm looking at some of these t-shirts, man. Whew. You can't go wrong. Which one would you take? Oh, man. They're, I, I love them all. I literally look at every single one. I'm like, ooh, that Vic shirt is awesome. That Nugget shirt, love all the colors going on. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with either Phil shirt though. I think the Phil Salute shirt is the cleanest, it like is. most perfect design we've done yet. Yeah, but there's so many awesome ones. I mean, the the three headed monster, the abs, that's like a, a really cool logo. The new finish, one? the finisher, the finisher. Yeah, and then I think a, a, a one that also looks so clean is the Joker card. Hmm. which we just restocked we also just restocked phil Lindsay, um uh homegrown and the goat with vaughn so uh, everything's in stock and and uh so make sure that you subscribe and you'll get one of pretty much your pick of the litter Whew. when it comes to these all right moving on here got a long one here from DeBronco man oh sorry not DeBronco <laughs> man da bronco man not he he came in my fault he said da bronco man not da bronco man um maybe he's a da oh be careful what we say yeah we do i don't speed i promise great <laughs> and all i'm gonna say is great comment before you even read it you've already read it huh no i haven't it's just a great comment no matter what it is okay <laughs> he says hey guys i've been a lifelong broncos fan started listening to your podcast a few years ago i decided to describe uh, i decided to subscribe last season and it was the best decision ever i even have a few shirts what a guy I've always sat back and not commented due to the great community here and, and the great questions and comments that are shared. Awesome community. Finally, I'm commenting because I want to give you guys a shout out. There are a lot of other podcasts out there, but none of them match the level of quality knowledge, entertainment value, and the natural flow that RK and Zach have. Keep up the good work, guys. Truly appreciate all the hard work you do. I think they're talking about our hair, that flow. That natural flow, baby. <laughs> uh i really appreciate that it means a lot and um, it's always cool when we hear from people that we haven't like you know that have been listening for a long time and haven't haven't said anything yet yeah that means that means so much thank you thank you so much da bronco man da bronco man in my eyes <laughs> <laughs> he says one he's going on here in and out is overrated five guys is too expensive chipotle is the business <laughs> just shocked how zach can make three meals out of it <laughs> I mean, if you go taco wise, one per, one meal per taco, exactly. right? Exactly. You can load those puppies up too. You're ridiculous. <laughs> Two. Don't drink tap water from Southern California ever. Ooh, never had it. Maybe it's the Southern California tap water being used in the cooking that makes In and Out so trash. <laughs> so then Utah would be great, right? So it's going to be great in Colorado Springs. Could be. Okay. That could be a game changer. You'll have to make the drive. I will make the drive and go to Drifters. <laughs> Get that California-style burger. Uh, he goes on, RK, shout-out for the information on John Brown's sickle cell trait that will keep him away from Denver. Before hearing this, I was thinking he'd be a great fit, not a top-dollar contract, and he had great numbers with Flacco last season. His numbers slipped once Lamar stepped in. So many other football writers are still listing him as a top option, SMH. Good find. Just it's the level you get here. <laughs> Four, Trent Brown scares me as an overpay candidate. He was 68 out of 80 on PFF uh, during the regular season, though he shined in the playoffs. 
all in if the contract is right. That's an interesting little stat there. That's a very interesting stat. Certainly gives you some hesitation. The thing is, you're going to have to overpay. You're going to have to. And that's why I would love him, but not for the price tag. Because I think it's going to be a Nate Solder price tag. It's going to be a lot. If that's the case, he sure as heck isn't staying in New England. No. No way. Five, what do you guys think of signing Quan Alexander on a prove-it deal because of injury and dra- and drafting Devin White in the middle of the Fangio defense, Josie as a backup, T. Davis as a trade candidate? You're probably cutting Todd Davis if you do that, and you can do that. I think he'd save $2 million, eat $3 million if you do that. And boy, that would be that'd be dangerous, but I don't see it happening at all. So now not only is John Elway using a first-round pick <laughs> on a linebacker, which we know he never does, he's now spending – Big cap money on a, a middle linebacker. Be awesome to see those two play together. What would the uh, what would the nickname for this linebacker group be with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller included in that? Because well, you had Dome Patrol thirty four years ago. I mean, you could do like Mile High Madness, the Sky Patrol, because it's mm, Mile High. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that doesn't do it for me. Yeah, you could do something. Sp- I'm going to say specifically against the Chiefs. I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> specifically against Kansas City. All right, specifically no. against Mahomes. Okay, all right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, number six, Nick Mullins is QB2. Is there a chance that we can trade for this Scangarello favorite? Fourth or fifth round pick? Sorry for the long post. Man, I think so. What if you use a fourth round pick on Joe Flacco and a fifth round pick on Nick Mullins? you just call it that's good yep that's your qb room that scares me yeah but it's certainly better than case keenum and kevin hogan yeah i mean it's it, well you're right on that andrew giddy scangarello two of his guys i mean maybe joe flacco turns out to not be his guy but he profiles as his guy and we know nick mullins is his guy nick mullins is his son I want it to happen for what Cullen from Mullins would come through with. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> from Nick Cox, wow, after listening to my attempt to be funny about Emmanuel Sanders changing his name on yesterday's podcast, I realized that I really fell short as it was simply weird, non-comical, and an incredibly weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I promise I'll be better in the future. With that being said, I hope your clicks and downloads are going well. <laughs> I think that probably only helped it. Uh, also, thanks for everything you do. When you guys were laughing about uh booming people i was literally doing my job and laughing out loud (laughs) i walk in people's yards all day locating water lines so i probably looked ridiculous laughing at absolutely nothing thanks for that (laughs) man when i read that when i read the definition (laughs) of it i'm like i don't know if i can say it you're like you probably shouldn't i'm like i I think i can though (laughs) i'm very glad you did um (laughs) what was i about to say i lost my train of thought oh booming (laughs) <laughs> do you uh ever catch yourself laughing like listening to a podcast on a plane and feel really weird yeah yeah certainly i definitely do like at least when you're watching um mm, like a yeah. movie people can see oh he's lo- he's watching movie. oh yep. it's Step Brothers. of course it's funny yep do you, do you have uh what are they called airpods actually they gave them as a little bonus at the super bowl for the media whoa um not name brand so i haven't uh. used them yet and, I don't know. I'm not into like not. I pretty much stick to my Apple headphones. Yeah. But not AirPods. Yeah. Yeah. Not that. That's when you really look crazy. Is is when you have the AirPods on and people really don't know even got listening to something. Exactly. Uh, remember when like the Bluetooth boom happened and everyone just looked like they were talking to themselves in the car. <laughs> now I still see people wearing 
the Bluetooth with like the speaker that goes down. I'm like, wow. With all due respect to anyone who <laughs> listens to this podcast, lose the Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get rid of that. It's time. Uh, from Bronco fan since '84. Just signed up last Friday. Great work you all do here. Thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I had it right. Uh, no in and out or good times up here in Washington State, Ooh. so haven't tried either of them. We do have Dick's Drive-In. If you ever come up in the Seattle area, you have to try it. Best fries and best burger for a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Um, you, did you hit that link? I did. <laughs> you I gave did. us a link. What do we got it, for uh, us? Mm, looks like they're all about the patties. Looks like you get some cheese on top, multiple patties in the middle, nothing in between. Interesting. And then some shredded lettuce on the bottom. So it is a little different. Lettuce on the bottom? Yeah. Like overflowing, exploding on the bottom. That goes against all conventional wisdom because then the grease is just going right into the lettuce. And wouldn't you also put the cheese in the middle? I'm just worried that this thing's just going to... You take a bite and all of it just squirts out of the back. (laughs) Just booms out? (laughs) Uh, They use real potatoes for their french fries, though. Well, (laughs) we know they've got in and out on that one. Um, Well, we'll have to go up there. You gave me PTSD when you said Washington State because my buffs lost to Washington Mm. State last night. It was rough. Uh, Getting back to football, I don't like the idea of trading for a diva. He puts in parentheses, AB, thanks for clarifying. (laughs) I think we roll with Sanders for one year, see how his production is. Look for a speedy, quick receiver that can stretch the defense in the draft. My question is, do you think there is one in the draft that Denver can get without having to reach? Is Andy Isabella Ooh. our guy? <laughs> I bet you you wouldn't have to reach for him. What are we thinking? Day three? Mm. Fourth? Like I don't know. Andre's right over there. Andre. Getting Andy intel. Isabella going. Mid mid third, early early fourth. fourth. So yeah, right there. Would you use a third round pick on him? Hell yeah. Yeah, he was the truth. Yeah, and and his Drew Locke loved him. It's the speed that gets me because you can sometimes get tricked by the quickness of these guys. There's so many quick slot receivers. He has legit straight line speed, and that that got me going a little bit. Yeah, it was man. He was impressive. He was really impressive. Did you see his touchdown in the game where he broke a couple tackles too? Yep. That was awesome. Playmaker. Yeah, he is. And that's what we saw throughout the week too. They were doing it, they were doing it deep. They were doing it over the middle. They were doing it on sideline. They were doing short. Everything was to him. Yeah, I mean, you spent a, a third on Carlos Henderson, right? Mm. This is your chance to redeem that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable about it. Freaking Carlos Henderson. Since I clicked on that link, Ryan, I can't get back. I can't get back to the comments. I can't see what the people are saying. Why? Internet's down. Oh, that sucks for you. I'll keep reading. Um, yeah, the, I mean, if you could get uh, Andy Isabella in the draft to keep Emmanuel Sanders, now I'm feeling better. Right? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You know, Sutton Sanders, Isabella as your three, that works for me. Uh, from Sutton 14, Thomas 87. Sorry, I wasn't trying to get you in trouble. I was referencing Mr. Big Chest's use of the hashtag booming that you guys used on the previous pod. <laughs> Ryan said he's booming, you know, like business is booming. Yes, yes. It was after the pod, I was curious and Googled it. You don't have to give Google a free shout out if they don't advertise it. Yes. And wondered if that, non, that non-video game related definition, kindly read by Zach, could explain his recent behavior and mania. 
And what was the definition again? (laughs) From the outside looking in, Mr. Big Checks is what it should be. Has changed a lot recently, and as we know by this podcast, your diet has a lot of impact on how you feel. Maybe it's something about like a diet making you mm, go crazy. Yeah, maybe. Or or no, was it the magic mushrooms? Oh, yeah. It's just a very odd hashtag to pair with erratic behavior. Yeah, so he thinks hashtag he's just boom. he's booming out on <laughs> mushrooms. That's why he's acting so weird. Could you imagine if he was booming out that hard on mushrooms that he actually hashtagged that he was doing that? <laughs> Hey, man, like I said, it's your off season. <laughs> uh, he goes on, that's the kind of crowd co- crowdsourced investigative journalism that the BSN Broncos network inspires. Well, speaking of investigative journalism, I think yesterday Denver announced that there were enough signatures to put mushrooms on the ballot to become decriminalized. Interesting. So, man, if he's into that, this may be perfect place in a year speaking or two speaking of mushrooms and the bsm Broncos podcast how do you feel about mushrooms on your burger i like them yeah, yeah me too. i would like uh raw or grilled i don't think anyone puts raw mushrooms okay. on a burger okay. yeah you gotta yeah. have them uh, sauteed yeah did you have you always liked mushrooms i think so i have not did not like them as a kid love them now you ever had portobello mushrooms oh yeah throw some cheese in those put them on the grill good stuff Woo. good stuff all right well uh we're gonna have to boom on out of here as the, did we get we more got questions. One, oh. one more coming in. Zach's always you got it. You guys got to thank Zach. He always hits refresh <laughs> before we leave. So that, that was actually just the benefit of clicking on that link. Oh, you got, the, you got the, the internet the, back. The, the lettuce on the bottom uh, coming in from Do You Like Dags? He said, "What's up, guys? Bluff or Bloof? Bloof. Bloof. I always forget. Bloof. Elway has yet again proven himself to be an outstanding GM for the Broncos. I guess we got to read this one to see where he's going." First off, as far as the water debate goes, I have to second the comment by True Champ Fan 24. I also live in the Cordelain region, and we are blessed with one of the most productive aquifers in the country, the Spokane Valley uh, Rathdrum Prairie and Aquifer. aquifer. Wow, that was that was a lot right there. Fantastic water out of the tap here that may pose some strong competition in the Pepsi Challenge of tap waters. Send it down. Pepsi challenge of tap waters. Send it down. I love it. Man, we're gonna be we're gonna be hydrated for a while. We'll administer the test. Random. We've got Alax Alaska, uh Coeur d'Alene, North Kansas, I believe was yep. in there. Not South Kansas. Can't be messing with that South Kansas water. <laughs> um certainly nothing from the Berkeley pit. Do we also do we actually do a worst water? Have them send it in. No. I don't drink I don't drink non Colorado water <laughs> unless it's unless it's endorsed. Unless it's in the Pepsi challenge of tap waters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh he goes back to football. Enough with the Elway hating. The Bronco coverage over the past two weeks has proven Elway's genius before the Flacco trade. Everyone thought they had the Broncos draft pick figured out. Simply put, Elway was playing a poker game with his cards facing out. Immediately following the Flacco trade, the mock drafts and media's Bronco talk started to shift. Suddenly, the Broncos' potential draft pick and the direction of the team is a mystery. No one has a clue what they'll do come draft day. Elway is once again playing poker with a fresh deck of cards and some very dark sunglasses. (laughs) Now, he began... Oh, sorry. Now he again has power on draft day and is far less likely to get fleeced by other teams trying to navigate up their own draft board. 
Uh, trading that fourth round pick not only upgraded the quarterback position slightly, but it also potentially prevented the Broncos from overspending to move up later in the draft. Losing the fourth round pick may have actually saved them a draft pick or two in the future. Time will tell how this pans out, but one thing cannot be ignored here. John Elway is a fantastic GM, and we're damn lucky to have him. Hashtag an Elway we trust. Is, is there a better way, a better note to end the pod on this week than that? Hashtag an Elway we trust? Oh, just the positivity. Ah, yes. I love it. I love the positivity, and it's what we talked about. It's my favorite part about the Joe Flacco move. You did you put everyone on their heels. They were ready to attack, and now they're like, oh, what are they doing? So that was well executed by John Elway, and I, I think we've fairly appreciated that on this podcast. Because do you want them to draft a quarterback in the first round? Absolutely. Are you convinced they have to draft a quarterback in the first round? Kind of, but I see what you're saying. Not that they necessarily. will. Yeah, yeah, that they will, no. not necessarily. Exactly, exactly. Just opens up options, and options is a great thing. Like I said before, we got a boom on out of here. I'm heading up to the <laughs> mountains. Uh, I'm not bringing any boomers with me. Uh, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Everyone, crush this weekend. I want to look on there and be like, it's over. Well, I want to come in here on Monday and say, it's over. It's over! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, classic hit. Uh, anyways, promo code Broncos on the annual pass, twenty nine ninety nine. Don't forget it. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. 
Oh, 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 oh,